Welcome to the Essential Craftsman Podcast. I'm Nate, and I'm very happy to bring you this interview with Tom Lipton. Tom is a lifelong metal worker. He started when he was nine years old welding in his basement with his dad, and he's taken this trade to the very highest possible level. He works at the Berkeley Lab and is standing and working shoulder to shoulder with scientists and physicists and engineers, creating machinery that are solving big kind of global problems and and research that's just frankly beyond uh, my understanding or even comprehension for example they build particle accelerators and they have this lab this is the lab where 13 of the periodic elements were discovered so you can kind of do the math and see what what this guy's all about he's kind of on several levels past most uh, most machinists that i've bumped into I couldn't be more happy to uh, bring this interview to you. Tom talks about his background, how he approaches learning and thinks about it, and a little bit about his YouTube channel, and he's just really a treasure of a man. Without any further ado, my discussion with Tom Lipton. First of all, thank you so much for taking the time on a Christmas break to uh, have this call with us and our audience, and uh, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. With machining especially, I've noticed the online community or the, I guess even just on YouTube, the network of machinists and, and shop guys seems especially high quality. Why do you think that is? Is that just the way it worked with YouTube and such, or is it that way with machinists generally no what do you attribute that to i don't know i think it's uh some of it's shared experience right and um you know in the shop um now you can literally get a pretty high quality machining education um by watching videos and interacting with the the people that are producing content and yeah and you know putting it out there right and so i've wondered about machinists you know speaking about why the community is kind of positive and there's certainly another level, maybe several more la layers of education that, that exist in machining as opposed to, you know, being a, an electrician or a plumber, for example. Um, in other words, you gotta be pretty smart to, to make it far in machining, right? Do you think that that's true? No, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think so. Um, I, you know, like any apprenticeship, right? Um, if you if you if you go the formal route and you do a, a, an apprenticeship, right? There's uh, you know shop level mathematics and uh, you know you're going to do some some trig and some algebra and stuff like that. You know if you do a formal a formal uh, thing. Now, I've met a lot of machinists that are really crappy at math. Okay, and uh, you know they've found ways of kind of getting around uh, uh, those things. And now with, you know, phones and online triangle calculators and all that stuff, it's just kind of irrelevant now. Right. And yeah. uh, almost. And um, once again, that kind of really fast access to good information, you know, right at your fingertips really makes a difference. Right. Yeah, that's true. Almost like the ability to look up the information is just as valuable as, Sure. If you exactly. can file it all away, just knowing how to go after it is a, in and of itself a valuable skill. Exactly. Like, you know, your dad, right? You know, he's a he's a builder, right? You know, and and I don't know, I was doing something. Oh, I built a shed, you know, years ago, right? And I was like, oh, I wonder, uh, 
you know, for this span, uh, you know, what centers and what depth of uh, do I need two by sixes or two by eights or two by tens or, you know, what, what, you know, is the, is the proper thing. Bink, bink, bink on my phone. Two minutes later, I'm at Home Depot, you know, buying uh, two by eights, right? You know, and because uh, yeah. that's what I need for this kind of floor loading and, um, you know, et cetera. Right. And, uh, yeah. it's also kind of important to not compare yourself to someone else. If you're starting out, for example, I was watching some of your videos and it's so far beyond the basics that I'm instantly just feel like I could never possibly understand. And for a, an apprentice, you know, that's probably a mistake. You got to start at the beginning before you ex expect just cause you can listen to a conversation doesn't mean you should be able to understand the whole thing also. The people that I work with at work are so far above me that I, you know, I just feel like pond scum, uh, literally, right? And, um, um, but they keep coming into my office to talk to me for some reason. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, well, they haven't kicked me out of here yet. I'm still getting a paycheck. So uh, it's all good, right? And uh, you, Well, you're really humble. Um, and let's, let's talk about your shop in a minute here. Go ahead, though. If you think you know everything, you've just closed the door to learning, right? And yeah. um, so, you know, if you have a, where's the, where's the camera? A closed fist, right? You can't receive anything, right? You can't hand yeah. me anything. I, you have to have an open hand, right? And uh, yeah. to receive. And um, um, I don't know, I had a couple of experiences when I was, uh, when I was much younger, right? That kind of, drove home a couple of points, right, that you can learn from anybody. And uh, regardless of, uh, you know, what their um, their standing in society is, right, there's a lot to be learned by machinists and carpenters and stone cutters and whatever from other trades, right? And uh, if you're open to it, right? Yeah. And um, you just got to you just have to be an eternal student, right? That's uh, another thing that I advocate is always be learning, right? And until the day yeah. heal over, right? It's just keep absorbing. Um, you, you've mentioned your your work a couple times, uh -huh. and I want to hear about it. But could you, for me and the listeners, start at the beginning of your career and kind of how you came out of school and with the different places you landed that kind of put you to where you are now, and then and then maybe tell us about your yeah, sure. Um, so in the beginning, you know, back in the uh, the dark ages, right? <laughs> um, so I, I started out life uh, as a welder, basically. And um, so, you know, I was interested in um, playing around in the shop. And my dad had a little um, a basement shop that he had a little home business in, right? And um you know, we used to go down there and mess around and I used to get into trouble for using his tools and stuff and, you know, all that. Well, I don't know, when I was about um, nine years old, something like that, he came home and he had a um, he had a, a brand new welding helmet. Right. And so he had uh, let me back up just a little. He had a welding machine there that was part of what he used the uh, uh, for this home business thing. Right. And um it's funny because I, I think of that welding machine and I know the exact model. I've used it in other shops and I know what every switch and button is for intimately, right? But at the yeah. time, I was just into Star Trek and uh, I used to move all the levers and flip all the dials and stuff and you get all pissed <laughs> off, right? So uh, anyway, uh, he brings his welding helmet home and uh, I said, oh, what's that for? Is that for mom or something? And he goes, no, it's for you. 
And I go, eh, what? And he goes, yeah, I, f- I thought I'd show you how to weld, right? And I'm like, you're nine. And uh, so anyway, that's kind of where it started. And um, mm. played around in the uh, in the basement a little bit, and he let me do a little bit of welding. And um, I kind of remember him telling me back then, he's well, he said, you know, welding is a pretty good uh, a pretty good job, a pretty good career, right? And um, and then I, I do remember him distinctly saying this. Um, but if you could weld and machine, that's really the cat's meow, right? And what you know, here I'm nine years old, and I still remember this, right? And uh, well, guess what, Dad? That's what I became, right? Um, but I started in welding, and I had some jobs uh, um, along the way. And um, you know, when I was in high school. I always had money because I had a job all the way through high school, right? I was working, uh, you know, after school or whatever and uh, in a couple of shops for a few hours here and there and, uh, um, and you know, doing that kind of stuff. And then I, uh, um, a friend and I, um, he went to the College of San Mateo and, uh, and got a, a welding degree, I guess, uh, an AS degree in welding technology or something like that. Well, his former professor or teacher or whatever, uh, it was a kind of a conduit for um, companies to find, um, you know, qualified welders and whatnot, right? So he got a call one day that um, um, a company in San Francisco needed some uh, needed some guys to do some welding or whatever, right? And uh, and he said, well, they're looking for two. You want to go with me, right? And I go, yeah, okay, you know, so... <laughs> You know, you're a kid, right? You know, it's like you know, nothing's very urgent, right? You know, so, right. <laughs> so uh, we went to this place, and um, it turns out that it was a sheet metal shop in um, in San Francisco. And um, so, shorten the story up, uh, we both got a job there, and um, um, and it's one of the places that changed my life. And uh, I served a sheet metal apprenticeship there. So it was industrial sheet metal. We did welding was part of it. But, you know, the primary thing was there was a lot of sheet metal work. Right. And um, so, you know, we made tanks and vessels and electrical equipment and all kinds of things like that. And uh, learned about forming and did all that. And then in that shop, I met my first well, I don't know, my first mentor, but one of the major uh, mentors in my life, right, who kind of taught me the the deeper appreciation for the work and um, and the, the more of the art uh, associated with the, uh, um, you know, with the trades, right? So then uh, after that, I, I left there and um, – was kind of bumming around for a little while. And then uh, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, uh, kind of coerced me into uh, applying for a, uh, it was kind of an uh, R&D uh, fabricator position um, with the, the Clorox company. So, uh, and once again, another another brilliant move on my part, because uh, it really exposed me to the engineering side of the work. And uh, so what it was, was their research and development facility where they develop machines and divide, uh, you know, packaging and just, you know, processing equipment, pilot plants, chemical, pro- I mean, just 
anything that you can possibly imagine. And uh, they they kind of built for the uh, for the company. And um, um, so that's where, you know, I, I worked really closely with, you know, you'd work one on one with engineers. Right. And you go, well, why are we doing it that way? And then they would explain it to you. Right. So you got a, this deeper appreciation for uh, for those things. A job popped up in um, yeah, back in San Francisco that uh, was for the guys that uh, own Thrasher magazine. Um, this is a skateboard. yeah a skateboard magazine. Yeah, exactly. And you, you wouldn't believe what's behind the scenes of Thrasher magazine. <laughs> yeah. Tell me that's, that's a, uh, it's pretty what, wild, what, right? What, what so they need a machinist welder for. Yeah, no kidding. Well, actually at, at that point I was doing machine work because at Clorox, um, I had met the second really, really potent mentor in my life, right. With this old Dutch guy who kind of took me under his wing and showed me a lot of machining things. And part of what we were doing there is, you know, you'd build a device for somebody and uh, or a customer within the company, right? And there would be machining involved. So you just start doing it, right? And um, so all the welders and fabricators there were actually very competent machinists too, right? And uh, they could do their own their own work, right? Huh. So that's really where I started do, doing more serious machine work, right? And uh, so anyway, the, the guys that own Thrasher Magazine, it was two guys uh, multimillionaires. Um, and, uh, they were, they wanted to start a little R and D machine shop, uh, that was kind of tied in with their operations. Cause they had some product development stuff that they wanted to work on. Right. And, uh, and they had nothing. They just had a building with a, with a space in it. And, um, so that kind of appealed to me at the time and, um, you know, just to build something from the ground up. Right. And, yeah. uh, yeah, pretty cool, right? And yeah. um, um, so anyway, I went to work for them for a couple of years, and it was very educational in that you. I learned a lot about what I would call the business side of that kind of stuff because these guys were businessmen, and for all their their hip bravado, and you know, they had a between the two of them, they had a hundred cars, a full time mechanic that worked for them. I mean, just wow. crazy stuff, houses all over San Francisco. And, uh, and you know, they kind of came across as these kind of wild and crazy uh, uh, skateboard dudes, right? But yeah. what was funny is when you got to know them, they were like super conservative businessmen, right? Wow. They did not want to mess with the recipe, right? Because wow. they, they knew it was magical, right? Uh, yeah. You know, what they had created, right? And they were so scared they were going to screw it up, right? That yeah. they were pretty risk adverse when it came to business, right? I worked there for a couple of years, and then I actually uh, I went back to uh, to Clorox again uh, for a while. And after that, um, a one of my customers at Clorox approached me and um, said, "Hey, listen, I'm uh, I'm starting my own uh, my own joint, right? Uh, you know." you know, custom machinery, design and build, engineering, that kind of stuff. So I was employee number one there and um, that company is still there. It still exists and um, um, it designs and builds uh, custom machinery of pretty much anything you can possibly imagine. And I got some some stories about stuff that we built too that are pretty interesting. Um, you know, 
we built a broccoli slicing machine, um, you know, things yeah. for um, applying and measuring stains, uh, you know, testing wow. aerosols and sp trigger sprayers. And I mean, just anything that you can wow. possibly imagine. Right. And uh, wow. cool. so I was the operations manager there. And uh, so I ran the the day to day, you know, shop which was a machine shop, sheet metal, welding, uh, electrical, um, for about 20 years. So, uh, wow. ran that shop for like 20 years. Yeah. And wow. So it, that was a type of gig where it was not the same thing for 20 years, day in, day out. It was different projects all the time, which is probably why you were able to keep interested. All those exactly. Years. Yeah. It was, you're in your act. You're absolutely right. It was, it was different every day. Right. And, mm -hmm. You know, I joke around, um, you know, when the phone would ring, nothing really surprised us anymore, right? You know, you know, if yeah. one of my customers, you know, called me up and said, hey, Tom, I, I got this project. I go, okay. And uh, we want to uh, slice frozen cat turds, you know, and uh, okay, how thin, right? I mean, you just start, you just start asking questions, right? You don't. <laughs> go, God, why do you want to do that? Right. That's crazy. Right. You don't ask those kinds of questions because for whatever reason they want to do it and you're in the business of making it happen. Right. So, uh, you know, how many you want to do, how fast you want to process these things. Right. You know, and, uh, you know, what happens to them afterwards. Right. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. That's so, amazing. Uh, um, yeah. And there, once again, you know, working with, uh, the owner was an engineer and um, and when you're the only one, the, the only other person there, you get to do some stuff that you wouldn't necessarily get to do in a more kind of official company, right? Where, you know, you got engineers and you got designers and you got, you know, uh, managers and blah, 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 right? All that stuff. Um, so, you know, if, if the boss says, hey, Go over there and um, uh, measure the, uh, uh, calculate the uh, the airflow through this uh, this hood that uh, they're having a problem with on the, you know dust control or whatever, right? And um, and that actually came up. That's why it sticks in my head, right? And I go, hey, I don't know how to do that, right? And he goes, oh, I'll show you. Don't worry. Just go take the measurements, right? And uh, and so I got a crash course in uh, you know. Um, particle capture velocities and uh, mass airflow and, you know, all kinds of stuff that you'd never get to touch as a welder or a machinist, right, necessarily, right? So that kind of tied the theoretical with the practical a little bit, right? And um, uh, and we were doing, you know, that that company, let's see how many, um, I, knew, I knew it at one time, it was it's around 2000 jobs a year. Okay. Uh, they kind of went through there. Uh, and a lot of them were little, you know, $250 and then they could be $250,000. Right. So there's all kind of different wow. sizes, but the cross section of stuff that we worked on was just pretty staggering. Right. And, um, yeah. um so anyway, I did that for 20 years. And then, um, anyway, that's uh, Lawrence Berkeley lab. That's where I work now. That's my day job. And, um, I don't, um, I don't post anything on my YouTube channel about it. Um, it's, um, 
it's potentially a conflict of interest for me. So uh, I just don't want to have yeah. to answer any of those kind of questions. So I post a little bit on Instagram, uh, my work at work, you know, my mm-hmm. day job. Right. And um, and then I've given a couple of tours to folks. Um, the most notable one is uh, John Saunders. I don't know if you have heard that name before. Uh, super nice guy. He's out in um, Ohio and he came out and uh, I gave him a, I don't know, it was about a three-hour tour of the whole place. And uh, it's turned out to be a very, very popular video. And uh, a lot of people think it's my video, but it's not. It's his. And Is, uh, that, the, is that the NYC CNC yeah. guy? Yep, okay. exactly. Okay. Well, I watched that video, that tour last night. And Did you? <laughs> I, I was floored and I basically couldn't sleep after that. Just like, <laughs> I would think it would put you to sleep. <laughs> no, and I know nothing about it, but just for the viewers here, you're a very humble guy, and you're not maybe setting the table quite right. But this, your day job, to even call it that, there, there's, I don't know if there's anything like this shop anywhere. That's my next question. How many shops like this exist in the world? Is it is that kind of? Oh, actually, quite a few. Really? Yeah, quite a few. Um, so you know, this is a national lab, right? So. Um, we are not, I mean, we have some unique capabilities, right? And uh, each national lab has its own kind of flavor of work that they do. Um, but, um, you know, as far as the kind of the complexity and the kind of um, uh, research subjects and things like that, um, you, you find this at the national lab level all, pretty much all over the place, right? And, um, it's a shop and we're, we're doing work yeah. and, um, it's really about the people and, yeah. um, you know, it's not about the tools necessarily because it's the people that think this stuff up. Right. And, uh, it's like, Hey, you know what, we're going to try this, uh, this thing. Right. And, uh, we've never done it before. We're not sure it's going to work and, uh, but we're going to try it anyway. Right. And wow. kind of the inside joke and there is, uh, don't fall in love with anything that you build because uh, it's going to end up in the scrap barrel. And it's really true, right? The stuff yeah. that I throw away would just blow your mind, right? You know, it's like, okay, it's got to go make room for the next thing, right? Kachunk, right? Even like the materials to make it would blow your mind. And then, yeah, exactly. All of it. Exactly. Um, so, like, as an example, if, if unless I didn't get this right, but this is like a place where the particle accelerators are manufactured and mm-hmm. sent off, but this is where super high physics and science requires special machinery, which has to get built. Yep. And so they, they kind of task you and this, this lab as it's called um, to, to build it. Is that, is that how you sum it up? Yeah, it's pretty good. And um, um, so the um, there's, you know, I belong to what's the, the engineering division there and um, we, um, you know, think of ourselves kind of as a service industry or a service division, right? So you might be a, um, um, a physicist that's re- researching um, superconducting um, uh, materials, right? And um, so you come to the engineering division, and you say, hey, listen, I got these weird uh, uh, tapes that were made by my postdoc and we want to test them at cryogenic temperatures and we want to run, you know, X amount of current through them. And, and, um, and then while they're, you know, at cryogenic temperature and uh, while we're running current through them, we want to pull on, them, you know. <laughs> so uh, and we're like, OK, um, 
let's uh, let's figure it out, right? And uh, and that's what we do. So we figure out how to do that. So amazing. There has to be this understanding between the the scientists or the physicists or the engineers and yourself as the engineering, you know, make it happen kind of person that is pretty high level. And I'm thinking about the part in that tour where you were saying something about, you know, when the machine was being turned on for the first time, all the scientists came to watch and they're all excited and it, you know, it was, it clicked and it worked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the, it's they're the, like, they're, they're like cheering on your work, but because it allows them to do theirs and you have to have a pretty serious understanding I, to some degree of, of what the machine is trying to accomplish, I would think to even do sure. it. So it's just a very, very unique partnership between this blue collar sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, guy and these white collar guys that you just have to have each other at the same, you know, be on the same page. Is that, what's that like? Well, so it's kind of interesting, right? So, you know, you know, fundamentally you understand how a steam locomotive works, right? All right. Um, but could you build one? Probably not. Right. And, um, um, so, you know, the way I think about it is these scientists are, they can they can creep down to our level and kind of explain things to us, right? So that we can grasp the concepts behind it. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that we have the deep understanding, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you know, as soon as you think you you got something there, right? You're like, oh yeah, I totally understand that. That's no problem. Blah blah blah. And then you go sit in one of their meetings and you go, oh my yeah. god. The amount of stuff that I don't know is staggering, right? And you're just like, keep mouth shut. Otherwise, they'll know you're a moron. The way I think about it is these guys are coming down to our level or my level, actually, I should say, um, to help me understand these things. And they're really good at it, right? Because they know this stuff intimately, right? You know, like your dad, right? I mean, you know, he can explain, uh, you know, all the different knots in a two by four, you know, in intimate detail, right. You know, and tell you why, and this is where the branch came out, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And this is why you want to put it this way, you know, well, they understand the, the science behind these things at that really deep level. Right. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, you know, your dad tells, yeah, Tom, don't, don't put the two by four like that with that knot, flip it over the other way. It's better. Right. Okay. Thanks. You know? And so that's my understanding. Right. And, uh, so that's how I kind of compare, um, you know, what I understand about that stuff than, uh, what they do. Now that said, there's many things that I know about that they don't know about. So yeah. it, it, it's nice. Cause it puts you on, um, uh, a more kind of equal footing, I guess you would call it, right? So, yeah. and that's we, what I visualize with it is some sort of like they're they're gonna they're they're probably asking you a lot of questions, like oh yeah, and we do this, you know, mm-hmm. and they they have no idea like how to make that happen. The exactly way right, and um, so um, and and they're humble and uh, and uh, receptive about what they don't know, and that's. Be- that's how they know so much is because they've been receptive to this. Right. And, um, so it works out real nice. And, um, if you don't understand something, they'll pause and they'll, they'll try to explain it to you. Right. And, uh, well, wait a second. Why does that matter? Why does that have to be an insulator there and not a conductor? Right. Oh, well, here's why, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they'll tell you. Right. And, uh, but then they'll come to you and they go, yeah, we want to make this thing, but we're not sure how to do it. Right. And you go, oh, that's easy. We just do it like this, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, they go, oh, and they're so happy. Right. 
And um, it's great when you can make them happy, right? And uh, maybe tell us how you kind of got your books uh, put together and what led to that, and 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 tell the viewers that. Yeah. That um, so I I have uh, two books, um, and they're both very similar. Actually, one is is basically a reorganization and some additions uh, of the first one. Um, so, um, but I uh, I always. I always wanted to write a book uh, for a long time, you know, and, um, and, you know, I dabbled with, I don't know, science fiction and, you know, just writing little short stories and stuff like that. And uh, nothing really kind of stuck. And then, you know, I started um, thinking about a book about metalworking, right. And, uh, and I, wow, that could be really cool. And, you know, it's something that I, I know something about. Right. And uh, so maybe that's a good way to do it. Right. I started just collecting information, right? And um, and when I say that, right, what I mean is, uh, so you know, if I ask you, uh, um, gee, Nate, what do you, uh, you know, tell me everything you know about uh, uh, floor joists, right? And you go, uh, okay, you know, and you give me ten things or whatever, right? And then an hour later, you go, oh yeah, I should have mentioned this. Oh, I should have mentioned that. Oh, I should have mentioned this, right? So yeah. that's what I mean by collecting is, uh, well, pretty soon I had a pretty good, I'd call it inventory of things, right? And um, so I started taking pictures at that point of um, these things as they came up in the shop, right? So as I had to do them in the shop, I'd take some pictures and you learn how to take pictures better, you know, so, you know, this this thing might not come up again for months or years or whatever, right? This, this particular technique or this thing or this job or whatever. So I started taking pictures and, um, um, and then, you know, once I had this kind of body of, uh, body of information, I started writing the kind of the connective text that kind of goes with it. Right. But anyway, so I started on this thing and I had, uh, I I had a pretty good, uh, pretty good chunk going. Right. And, uh, a friend and I went down to, um, um, West tech, which is, uh, um, it's a machine tool show in, um, in Los Angeles. Right. And we kind of, uh, end up in the, uh, industrial press booth. And if you don't know, industrial press is, uh, those are the guys that publish machinery's handbook, which is like, you know, the Bible for machinists. Right. And, uh, and they have lots and lots of other, uh, other books that they sell too. Anyway, here's this guy, John, he's the, the, the chief editor and he's in the booth there all by himself. Right. So we go in there and we start talking to him. And, uh, so anyway, right there in the middle of West tech, plugged the thumb drive in. I found a couple of things that he could read in there that were, you know, that he could digest easily. Right. You know, and, um, and uh, he goes, here's my card. Call me when it's done. And uh, and I'm like, wow. oh, OK. And um, so anyway, I don't know, six months goes by and he calls me. Right. Hey, how's it going? Right. And uh, and you need some help. And I go, well, what do you mean help? And uh, he says, well, he says we're really interested in that kind of genre of stuff that you're talking about. Right. And uh, so what he did was he assigned a what they call a developmental editor right i went head to head with this guy so much right because uh 
um, he's saying, well, what are, you, what are you trying to say here, you know, in this in this sentence, right? And I'm like, well, it's obvious. Come on, right? And uh, and it's and it's like, well, I don't know anything about machine work, and it isn't obvious to me, right? And I'm and and then I'd think about it, right? And I was like, oh, you know, he's kind of right, actually, right? If you don't know what a WNMG is, uh, this sentence really isn't going to make sense to you, right? And uh, and yeah. so anyway, we started to get along better and um uh and he he made me a better writer right well last thing i want to talk about and is about your youtube and your online presence because yeah. it's kind of a big thing you've got this massive audience on youtube and you've been putting up videos for years and from what i can tell you got a super loyal and devoted kind of group of smart viewers and uh how this all come about and is this the same kind of thing i'm wondering uh, i'm paying attention to these guys who are skilled in this one area machining who have now also developed this skill of being online and putting content together, which is kind of a separate thing that you've mm -hmm. also figured out. So how did that come about? So one of the things I'm responsible for at, uh, at Berkeley lab is, uh, training of, uh, technical people. Uh, I suggested, I said, listen, I said, you know, one thing that we can do is, uh, you know, we could video this stuff, right. And have kind of training videos, right. Um, but the idea was, you know, you, you would formulate these training videos that were kind of job specific for some of these things that we wanted to train people on. Right. And uh, so uh, the people I was talking to go, oh, yeah, it's a great idea. Go for it. You should do that. Right. And I'm like, oh, good, good, good. <laughs> oh I <laughs> wanted you to do it. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, I started playing around with videos and I said, you know what, I'm just going to throw some stuff up on YouTube and see what kind of reaction I get. Right. Well, it was like, wow. People like want to listen to me yap. Oh my God, what, what's going on here, right? And uh, and that's kind of how it starts, right? Around that time, I was doing something with Babbitt, and um, um, and I bumped into one of Keith Fenner's videos, and uh, you know he's one of the old salts of YouTube, right? And um, uh, wonderful guy. I've met him a couple of times, and uh, he's he's just a kick. And uh, anyway, he had some videos up. And he does, you know, uh, boat repairs and he's got kind of a repair machine shop, right? So he gets into all kinds of weird stuff, right? Well, here he's shown this demo of, of babbitting this bearing, right? You know, and, he, and he's just going through this bang, bang, bang. Oh, yeah. And you smoke the shaft and you do this and you put this like this and you put some of this here. Blah, 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 and he's going through and he's just working his ass off, right? And, uh, and bink, bink, bink. And now he's got a babbit bearing. I'm like, holy cow, right? That guy just gave me a year's worth of education, you know, in 40 minutes. Right. And, yeah. um, so I said, yeah, why not? Right. You know, so anyway, I started playing around on YouTube and, uh, um, and honestly, I don't work at it that hard. Um, and, um, it's, you know, I put a video, I try to do a video a week, you know, approximately. Right. But sometimes my, um, my other job gets in the way of that. And, um, and sometimes I'm just not in the mood. Right. And, uh, um, so like I said, I don't work at it that hard and, um, um, but it's kind of grown into something that's kind of nice. And, um, and the people that I've met and the doors that have opened up for me in, in relation to that, it's just amazing. Right. And, uh, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. Right. And, uh, the, some of those mentors that I had mentioned, you know, they, uh, uh, they kind of instilled in me that the the knowledge doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the trade, right? And I just rented for a few years, right? And um, 
part of my responsibility is to kind of save that and pass it along because I'm standing on the shoulders of those mentors that I mentioned, right? You know, and, and that's how we further the art, right? Is there's more to be gained by sharing and being open about these things than being secretive and, uh, and guarded about them, right? And uh, we all benefit if we learn more, right? Thank you so much for yeah. joining and I really hope, you know, we're not too far away. We're uh, in Southern Oregon. I know you're in the Bay Area. And, yeah, well, uh, once we get out of this COVID stuff, I want yeah. to come up and see you and your dad and uh, have him show me some blacksmithing stuff because that's was one of my hobbies a long time ago, but I've never, I never wow. had anybody nearby me that, uh, uh, to work with, you know, and, um, and kind of mess around with, right? I'm you. You have an open invitation, and you could spend the weekend hammering. And oh, man. Uh, you, you just you just say when, and he, nothing would make him happier. He's he's quite enamored and interested in learning machining and such. So you you probably ought to block off a couple of days. Delio, yeah, that's uh, I'm on it. Yeah, I'm gonna put links to your uh, your book, your YouTube channel. Um, are you on any other social media platforms? Instagram. Uh, I have a pretty good presence on Instagram, and. Um, Thank you again for taking the time and coming on and hopefully we can see you in the next year and, uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Thanks a lot. Well, and if you ever want to slice frozen dog turds or, uh, or, uh, watch yeah. track cockroaches while they eat, let me know. Cause uh, I know how to do it. So <laughs> All right, I'll see what I come up with. <laughs> All right. 